Steven. I'm John. And today we're going to talk about Blade. Yeah, finally. We were supposed to have done this uh, about two weeks ago, and then the Illuminati uh, made me sick and gave me a throat infection yeah. that I've been dealing with for like two weeks. We thought that John might have got up with Catherine Zeta-Jones and got that throat cancer from eating her pussy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Is it Michael That's, Douglas? Uh, Michael Douglas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you going to get that from your pussy, man? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Scarface said it best. Of course, the person that did our intro was Gregory Bird. He's still trying to work on the title for his band. He's trying to figure out if he's going to do those other ones that we talked about or maybe... Uh, the, the zucchinis one, I think, is the favorite so the far. The smashing zucchinis, yes. And now he's debating maybe the, the blue cold banana peppers. Toe jam or get the funk out of my face before I put my rock in your mouth. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> get the funk out of my face. <laughs> get the funk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, uh, we're drinking Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Coffee Stout. And it is fucking magical. It is awesome. We give this a three star. And just so you don't think that this is three out of five, this is three out of three. It's zero, one, two, three. Zero is basically undrinkable. One is, if I'm drunk enough, I'd probably still drink it. Two, this is pretty good. And three is, this is the standard of beer. You're right. Uh, and this is. This is Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Coffee Stout. Um... Also had something else that I was just thinking about because I was like, "Oh shit, here we go." Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you you know how this starts. Steve has an idea, so this is oh shit, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was just I was watching the thing about the people the the flat earthers that believe that the the one guy that wants to like fly straight up in the air to prove that the Earth is flat. Oh yeah, you know yeah. What I'm talking yeah. about and it keeps getting delayed because whatever conspiracies and whatnot but um the lizard people i actually had a test to prove that the earth wasn't flat and this is actually pretty simple you guys can even do it at home take a frisbee mm -hmm. flip it upside down fill it with water and sand maybe even throw you some action figures in it and then throw it and see if it stays yeah, <laughs> yeah. because you know well, no, the, the flat earth people will tell you that, no, we're really riding on the back of a giant turtle. <laughs> That's oh, why it so, stays stable. So we're going all the way back to, like, uh, pre, pre, <laughs> prehistorical times, like, before they recorded history. It's like, they believe, like, a turtle, like, it walked with the world. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Flat earthers are basically retarded. 
Right. I mean, you, you, there's no way that you can believe it's flat. I mean, what was the dude? Was it uh, Elon Musk that was like, then how do you explain Mars? We can see it. It's clearly round. No, everything else is round, but Earth is flat. <laughs> okay, what? Yeah, because any time... This isn't the Flat Earth podcast, but it's like any time you look at something in oh, space... Oh, I can do one. I can <laughs> totally do one because there's so much evidence that just... I mean... Gravity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one. We all know that exists. That's not a that's not a conspiracy. I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. It's something that you, you learn in science class when you're like eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> flat Earth might be a totally different kind of conversation. but And if you're a flat earther and you hate what we're saying, we don't want you to listen to this anyway. <laughs> no. You're, you're uh, probably too stupid to understand this show. <laughs> Because you're probably still the type of person that eats their own boogers. Yeah. It's like, they're like, listen to this. Total round earther personality right there. You're right. Round earthers. Yeah. <laughs> Losers. Losers. Everybody knows it's flat. <laughs> John Hancock. John, it's Herbie Hancock. It's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Back to our uh, Tommy, Boy. Tommy Boy reference. And they say that there's nothing quotable about that movie. Bullshit. Oh, man. But anyway, so uh, uh, we're a little bit late, but hey, it's uh, it's still Black History Month. Yay. <laughs> yes. We're just Wakanda for forever. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because apparently that's what black history is now. It's just you know people going to go see Black Panther. It's like, yeah. just but just be honest, people, is like, you know, it, it's an awesome movie, don't get me wrong, but all the people that are like, no, man, like, you know, Wakanda forever, it's like, you know, that place is fictional. There's no place in Africa with that kind of technology, unfortunately. There's no place be awesome. anywhere with that type of technology. No. I mean, it is pretty badass, and I'm pretty sure there's an Infinity Stone there, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Because, you know... Robert Downing Jr. got the uh, release date for Infinity War moved up, so thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, th I think that if you look back to 1998, and that's when Blade comes out, and this this episode is about Blade, if you couldn't tell by the intro. Our Eric Brooks. Right, Eric Brooks. Which is his real name. Nobody calls him by his government name. <laughs> <laughs> nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but when, uh, when Wesley Snipes was first talking to Marvel, who did he talk to Marvel about? What character did he want to play? Uh, he was actually signed on to do Black Panther. He was going to be T'Challa. He was going to be T'Challa, and I'm going to say it would have made amazing T'Challa. I don't know if he would have made a Chadwick Boseman type of T'Challa. No, because Chadwick did an awesome job. He's great not to discredit him. But no, if, he did if, a good job. If Marvel's not going to still use Wesley Snipes as Blade, which they could, he's he's still awesome. and He's only like in his 50s. Yeah, in his 50s, and Blade does age, so you don't have to explain anything. You can just carry on yeah. um just add him into the universe i mean he's pretty much the same age as robert downey jr so um and you know robert downey's like still kicking around doing stuff yeah, he's kicking ass still still putting his nose in everything and creating villains right uh, <laughs> yeah because that's what he do that's what he do accidentally but he does it right um so 
that would be cool. But if they're not going to do anything with Wesley Snipes with Blade anymore, if they want to go and, you know, make their own Blade or just forget about Blade, then Wesley Snipes should be in the Black Panther universe eventually doing something. Right. Because um, he, uh, be he could be a villain, you know, to go up against T'Challa. You know, I mean, I think, I mean, it's going to be a little bit hard to top Killmonger, but... You know, yeah, you get Michael B. Jordan. The only way that you can get better than that is if you have some other people. Like you, I, I'm going to go ahead and say like the villains from here on out is going to have to be like Wesley Snipes and then like Denzel. Denzel, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be really difficult to try and, and top some of the uh, some of yeah, that. I mean, you 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 just set a standard for for something like that, and it's just it's going to be hard to beat. Right. Um, I mean, you can't just you can be like, okay, I know who we're gonna get to uh, to be the villain for Black Panther three. It's like, who's that? Julia White. Nobody's gonna take that seriously. <laughs> be like, Urkel, really? You're gonna get Urkel to yeah, be a Julia villain? Yeah, Julia White's gonna <laughs> fuck him up. It's like no one's gonna watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> Nobody would but, watch that. But the reason we mentioned that is because uh, Blade kind of suffered the same type of thing with starting the villain off with Deacon Frost. Yeah. Steven Dorf is the best villain vest. The vest? This, he is the best villain. This Kentucky bourbon works. Right. If what? you want slurred speech really quickly, drink Kentucky bourbon barrel. Isn't uh, that on the label? Yep. What? It says it right there on the side. What uh, What exactly is the alcohol content of this anyway? What is the percentage? They probably they're like, don't oh, you have to worry about that? We're not gonna put it on this the bottle. This is Kentucky. We don't have to. We don't have to follow your rules. It's eight percent. It's eight percent. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a lie. Yeah. Because uh. <laughs> it actually, uh, yeah. Because you you drink a couple of these, and by the way, they're like four dollars a bottle. So yeah. you're probably not gonna drink a whole lot of them until you're broke, but. Uh, if you drink enough of these, you're going to start feeling something a lot faster than regular beer. Right. Yeah. You, you definitely will. So Because if your football team sucks as bad as Kentucky's normally does, you need something to get you fucked you up. You need something. <laughs> My advice to you if you're a Kentucky fan, be a basketball fan. Yeah. Just watch <laughs> the basketball games. Don't worry about their you know football program. It's like Duke. You know? Shout out to Coach Cutcliffe. Cutcliffe. <laughs> we actually got Duke football in a, in a podcast. Podcast. This is the Duke Football Podcast. This is not the Duke Football <laughs> Podcast. We're talking about great legends from Duke University in football, like Lakin Tomlinson and Sean Renfrey and Matt Daniels, and uh, that's about it, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so off topic. Uh, yeah. The thing about this uh, story is, is, like we said, like the villain was the best. Um, in the, the first one, and the second one was pretty good villain, and the third one probably actually had the worst villain. It's supposed to be the most overpowerful villain, but he was not. He was kind of forgettable. Because in the third movie, they used Dracula. They like, used actual Dracula. Dracula, which was them going back to their roots. And I know people would, you know, probably shit on that and be like, why did they use Dracula? Why didn't they just use, like, another person, you know vampire type you know normal vampire person for blade to fight and they're like well david goyer was basically going back to the roots which you know blade first showed up in the tomb of dracula comics i mean that's where he came from right it's so, just like uh whistler was created uh because he was a cameo in the 1994 spider-man cartoon 
Yeah. And then Marvel liked it so much that they made them part of the MCU. Like, they actually made them part of the universe. He's just always been there ever since then. Yeah. So. And he's also uh, Blade's, you know, like like his, his tech guy and, you know, like his father mentor. Figure, yeah, father figure, stuff. basically. And Chris Christopherson kills it in this movie as, like, this grizzled old you know, kind of veteran type yeah. guy where he's, you know, he's been through some shit. I mean, he probably hasn't been in an actual war, but he's been fighting vampires for so long, he feels like an old war veteran. You know, if you want to judge Chris Christopherson, like, what's the worst thing he ever did? Probably that album with Barbra Streisand. What's <laughs> the best thing he's ever done? Blade. <laughs> yeah. Catch you fuckers at a bad time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing that he, he was in this movie. Yeah. Jet Lee was offered the role of the villain in this movie originally instead of Stephen Dorff. So, so was it still going to be Frost? It was still going to be Frost, but it was. Going I just can't to... imagine Frost as being Asian, though. Well, but I mean, yeah. if it's Jet, you can make that work. Well, yeah, I mean, I think they were thinking of the fight scenes that could happen between Wesley Snipes and Jet Li. Oh more yeah, than what the character fit, but. Uh, Jet Li turned it down to do Lethal Weapon 4, which I, I think was a great choice, actually, because he makes Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but that one is one of my favorite Lethal Weapon 4. Probably the one that I watch. Lethal Weapon's probably the one. Lethal Weapon 4 is probably the Lethal Weapon that I watch the most time. Besides maybe the first one. Because no, the first one's really good. Yeah, the first one is good. The first one's really, really good. Um, you get to see uh, young Mel Gibson. LL Cool J almost played uh, Blade because Wesley Snipes was going to play Black Panther. Yeah, that's just crazy because they were trying to do Black Panther even back then. It's probably better that it didn't because would they have been able to, now that we've seen Black Panther, would they have been able to do that kind of a movie in 1998? Uh, well, it's hard to say because they've done some incredible things back then, but if... If what you're asking, could they have done the movie like they did now? No, absolutely yeah. not. They don't have the technology back in 98 to make it look like it does. It could have been a different movie, though. Yeah. It could have been more to the roots of maybe the animated cartoon or the animated movie that they made, where it was basically just a inside Wakanda vengeance plot type thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a reason that it waited. We're, we're all very happy to have Wesley Snipes' Blade. Yes. I mean, it's not like, damn it, he should have been Black Panther. It's like, no, he actually probably played what he was born to play. Yeah, because um, when you see Blade in this movie, you're like, you. it makes sense from, and like you played the intro music from uh, one of Frost Clubs, which also is like one of the greatest remixes of a song to be like a rave song ever <laughs> to take new orders confusion and turn it into that <laughs> is an amazing fucking remix to do and then that's how you get introduced into the world of blade and as soon as as soon as like the vampire starts to part after the bloodbath and it like pans up to to blade you're like oh Oh, this motherfucker is about to kill everybody up in here. Yeah, it's basically because he just like walks up into a club full of like hundreds of vampires. It's just like, what's up? I think didn't Blade in, invented not giving a fuck, right? Yeah, I mean, it had to. He 
He was pretty badass. I Don't Give a Fuck was invented by Blade. <laughs> a lot of things uh, happen in these, you know, the Blade movies. I mean, it, it actually probably pioneered a lot of the stuff that comes. A lot of people gave, you know, credit to X-Men. But Blade was probably more successful as far as, like, a bigger market. And then, you know, you're actually having some diversity. Yeah, and it also happened what, like... Uh two years before X-Men started? Because yeah, so, X-Men was in, what, year 2000? Yeah, and Blade, Blade was a success. $45 million budget. I mean, Made over half, 100 mil? Yeah, $131 million. I mean, yep. half of the budget was probably uh, Wesley Snipes' paycheck. <laughs> and that badass Charger that he's got in the movie. Yeah, 1968 Dodge Charger. Solid black. And the other thing, too, is that the outside of that was not customized. That is the real 1968 Charger body. They yes. even kept the, the stock rims that came with the original 68 Charger. And basically everything that Blade has in that car is custom. So when he drives around, it doesn't look like a Batmobile. It just looks like a really badass 68 Charger. It looks like something you'd see in a Fast and the Furious movie. But he's got shit in there to help him hunt vampires because he's got steaks in there. He's got like, what is it, like a, like garlic gas that he can use. He's got like, I think he has like, uh, it's like it's like garlic grenades and stuff like hidden in that car. There's all kinds of cool shit I was kind of reading up about like, and they didn't really show anything that his car can do until like what the second movie is when they finally show some of the shit the car can do. Because in the, the first movie... Blade had... By the way, the second Blade, uh, the guy that's with him that's kind of being the new Whistler or whatever, that's Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus? The Walking Dead. <laughs> Daryl. the Boondog Saints, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's in that, and so is Ron Perlman, Hellboy, Sons yeah. of Anarchy. Uh, yeah. So th- that that cast is pretty stacked, and that's all before they went on to do those, those great things. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of people that came from Blade 2, and I, li- I like Blade 2. Yeah, definitely. Um, There's parts of Blade Three that I, I I like, but Blade Three, and I've seen it a bunch of times, and I like it. I like all the Blade movies, but to me, Blade almost like the way that it, they kind of did those movies was the first movie is fantastic, the second movie it starts to diminish a little bit, and then the, by the time you get to the third movie, it felt like they were kind of running out of ideas, like already. No, and it's I like, it's diminishing returns. It diminishes as it goes. I don't know if they were running out of ideas or if they were trying to get too much star power in one place because I know yeah. um, a lot of uh, power got stripped away from Leslie Snipes because of Jessica Bill on the set of Blade 3. And you also had Ryan Reynolds on that set. And you had to give him all enough screen time to be happy. Yeah, uh, And that sometimes that ruins movies, especially movies that central character is supposed to be Blade. You're supposed to be listening to the guy that plays Blade. Right. Not Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 it's cool to make her Whistler's daughter, but then the, the, the problem that you have is that now that you put Ryan Reynolds in there and he's Hannibal King, so you've got two new characters that are basically trying to do what Blade's doing and they're not as effective as Blade is because, for one, they're just regular humans. You know, like Hannibal King in that movie, he he, he was a vampire and then he was yeah. like he reversed back, and so you know he was one of them for a while, and then you know he basically becomes human again. 
uh, what is it, Abigail Whistler? Is not her name? Isn't isn't Abigail Whistler? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember. When was the last time you watched Blade Trinity? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, I'm it's not been a while. It's a bad movie. It's no. just the one it's, when I'm like I'm in some mood. For, I'm in the mood for some Blade. It's always the first one, then the second. Maybe one. the second one, yeah. And then I run out of time, and I just you know start watching <laughs> Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> oh, Game of Thrones is on. Yeah, Game of Thrones because I'm addicted. Yeah, <laughs> yep. But uh, to Amelia Clark, especially. But the first movie, the thing, and since you're talking about star power, like really the you would only have just a small group of characters really in this movie because you have Blade, of course, which is the focal point. You have Whistler, and then you have Karen, who's the hematologist, the doctor, and then you have Frost. And what's the other, uh, I would say Dragonetti a little bit, but he's not in that much of the movie until Deacon no. takes him out. And yeah. then what, Quinn, Deacon's right-hand well, man, yeah, his he's buddy. A, he's, Quinn's he's, in a, like mo pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, Quinn's probably in more of the movie than Frost. Yeah, he is. He actually is in more scenes than Frost. And and he's because he, he's constantly getting his ass whooped. Frost's little errand boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's his errand boy, and he gets constantly fucked up. Right. And the a lot of people might say something about why is he um why does Blade keep leaving him alive? Is because Blade needs him so he can track him to Frost. He's trying right. to find where Frost is hiding so he can kill him. Cuz one of the things that they set up in the movie is that you know, that Frost has all these these blood clubs that he's doing. And so he's kind of like Which even look really fun, right? Like if you're a vampire and you hear that there's like these badass clubs forming, you know, you're gonna be like, I want to fucking go to this. This is awesome because you know because the blood bath and everything. Which you know, it, it's funny because like when we, you know, when we were watching this again to you know to kind of like refresh our memory of some of the minor details. It's like as soon as you see the bloodbath happen in the opening scene, bloodbath. You're just expecting Edge and Christian and <laughs> Gangrel to pop up. The brood, if you know the brood. about you know wrestling in the uh, attitude. late nineties, yeah, attitude era. Then it's, you know the brood basically takes like bits from this movie, bits from like the Lost Boys, especially. Oh yeah, and you know like the way that uh, Gangrel, Gangrel basically dress like Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. And he also he's also got like a little bit of that kind of like Lestat sort of thing where the way yeah. that he dresses, you know, from um Interview with a Vampire, but yeah. um but it, when it's funny because when you go through the comments for this and and I found some pretty good comments and some of these are spread out because you got, you know, stuff from not too long after the movie came out all the way up to like 2016 and all kinds of stuff. So the the one that it says uh, on here, this is from uh, February 1999, and it says um, you know, they gave it a two out of ten, and this is uh, this is made by somebody named Poem. <laughs> Poem. Right. So it, when I when I first saw that, I was like, this person is probably like some kind of a weird hipster person. They're so poetic, they can't come up with anything better than poem. Yeah. It's like what's your what's your handle on IMDb? Poem. 
Because I'm so deep, man. It's so beautiful. It's now so you're beautiful. about to say some stupid shit about a movie you don't understand. Right, Let's yeah. Let's get to it, guy. Right. Girl, uh, I don't know. It could be a girl. I'm not we'll sure. Call it. We'll, we'll write it down. We'll, right, yeah. What's your, what's, your, uh, what's your bet on this, guy or girl? Uh, I was probably about 90% dude. <laughs> 90% dude. Yeah. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what Tom Brady is? Because that extra ten <laughs> no. percent's the the bitch part of him. No, no, he's he's just he's not a man or a woman. He's a bitch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Women, um, women are better than that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Bitches but, aren't though. <laughs> Giselle Bunchen, you can do better. You can do better, Giselle. I mean, anyway, but Carson it's, Wentz is up and coming. Right, yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you want to get with like a handsome, you know, young new talent, you can just go with Carson Wentz or hell, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got that whole Italian thing going on. That's right. <laughs> Jimmy G, go Niners, baby. <laughs> Who would have thought you'd hear about Jimmy Garoppolo at a, a Blade podcast, right? But oh, anyway, we're talking about a bloodbath. He's gonna do a bloodbath on those defenses this year. <laughs> I'm sorry, my rant is over. Psycho Niners. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, but the tagline on this one it says, uh, Good effects and much fighting, but no horror. It's not a horror movie. Yeah. It's a comic book movie. Right. And it, the, the, one of the things that I wanted to, to get out of that one was that in the commentary track, if you listen to the commentary track, uh, from this movie, David Goyer has, you know, he has part of it that he kind of like chimes in and he was like, people would criticize it and say that it's not much of a horror movie. And he was like, it's not supposed to be a horror movie. It's a comic book movie. And he was like, just because it has vampires and it doesn't mean that it's supposed to be a horror movie. If you go into this thinking that it's going to be something like, I don't know, like, like Lost Boys or something. That's not what this is. Lost Boys isn't even a horror movie. It's not even a horror movie. I mean, Interview with a Vampire isn't. It's a drama. How many how many like vampire movies have you seen that are like for real scary as shit horror movies? You would have to go back to the to the old vampire movies like uh, Bella Lugosa and stuff like Bella, that. Bella Lugosi and, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. Christopher Lee Christopher as Dracula. Lee, yeah. The old yeah. Hammer films. From that was scary for his time, but vampires really haven't been scary in a long time. Nosferatu. Kind of, yeah, they're just kind of. Uh, I mean, even. Bram Stoker's Dracula wasn't a horror movie. It was a drama. It was a drama, yeah. I mean, it was a very good one, and, you know. But I don't understand why people automatically say, like, well, it's got vampires, so it's supposed to be a horror movie. I'm like, how do you you get to that conclusion? Zombie movies really aren't even horror movies anymore, either. They're just action movies. Yeah. It's kind of always been that. The only the only ones that really can say that they are for real horror movies is, like, the, the George Romero... Dead movies, the yeah, Dawn yeah, of the, the Dead, Day of the Dead. Well, they, they even kind of got ridiculous after a while. They just became yeah. action movies. I'm talking about the original ones. Yeah, the, the ones the way ones back. Where like vomiting and stuff is really gross. I <laughs> yeah, can't, I can't watch those. Those, yeah, and I'm not really big on zombies. About the only thing zombie related that I could watch on a normal basis, I guess, would be the Resident Evil movies. But that's because it's got Mila Jovovich and it's got a lot of action. Yeah, it's also an action movie. I'll yeah. watch The Walking Dead when I feel like being depressed. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's seriously depressing. But anyway, but uh, so the comment. This is from February of 1999. So this is well, someone shammed him on his uh, Valentine's date. 
Right. Yeah. I fucking, I'm gonna hate the next movie I watch. <laughs> yeah. So it says, uh, when I saw the first announcement for this film, I thought it must be great. I'm a big Wesley Snipes fan. Seeing the preview lowered my expectations, and the all movie right, itself I, was I, a I disappointment. Stop you there. So, so <laughs> I already had to stop you. This, you had to cut me off right in the middle of the uh, first sentence. Right, the first fucking sentence. So he, he <laughs> thought the movie was gonna be a great, based off the announcement. And then and then he saw the trailer and he was like, oh, "This is actually not going to be as good as I thought it was." So he was excited about the announcement, but bummed about the trailer. Okay, just I, I'm just simplifying it for you listeners there. So that's what we're dealing with so far. First sentence. That's that's uh, that's Bass Ackwards right there. Yeah. So he loved the announcement. <laughs> yes, they're announcing a blade. I didn't care for the trailer. Yeah. I did not care for the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Proceed. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is the it is most of the time nothing but an average action movie, and even if the effects and fighting scenes are good to excellent, the story itself was quite flat and boring, and there was nothing about horror. Yet again, like this guy's expecting it to be a horror movie, like, and it's, it's not, not a horror movie. It's not a horror comic book. No, it's it's really an action. You know, I mean, like that's what comics are. They're that even action. Sounds stupid when I say it, a horror comic book. Yeah. That's amazing. Evil Ernie's probably the most horror you can get, and that's not even scary. It's more funny. Because <laughs> Ernie's psychotic. He's psychotic because Lady Death tricks him. Yeah. But that's that's another... You know, they're never going to make the movie about that because there's too much... Uh, well, probably death. There's no <laughs> good guy. There's not really... Ernie's supposed to be the good guy. HBO could do it. Yeah. But yeah. he basically kills an entire town, and then put in a mental institution then he dies then he comes back and he has a talking smiley face pin and lady does kidnap so it's really it's really fucked up so yeah <laughs> hbo get on that shit get on that shit let's get um paul bettany to play ernie or something no <laughs> oh god that'd be awesome but anyway uh so the comment says uh the vampires were just evil humans with some special abilities not a symbol of forces or fears in our subconscious our animal inside or of natural forces uh such as the pest or such the start of the film is the best part of the whole picture tracy lords plays raquel uh even if nobody ever calls her with a name in that movie uh, a vampire Ooh, this guy read the credits. <laughs> a vampire woman <laughs> which takes a human victim a man which believes uh, she loves slash likes him to a vampire disco no uh, he believes that he's gonna get the fuck yeah basically so yeah not loves or likes what she you got in your pencil man oh yeah. that's just my heat seeker yeah <laughs> really she grabs his cock so he's all down he's like that. I'm about to bang this chick and yeah. it's kind of funny because it Tracy Lords was a porn star, and one of the only movies that she actually does that's not a porn is this one. And she doesn't take. And she they only show her like what in her bra and panties, and then she gets yeah. destroyed by a Blade with a shotgun, you know. Um, but and she's uh, actually one of the first credits you see roll. Tracy Lords, she gets yep. top billing. Right, <laughs> they're like, look, we got former porn star Tracy Lords. What about Wesley? Ah, we'll get the Wesley. We'll get to Wesley. Let's get some Tracy Lords up in this bit. Right. They're like, we just, they're like, we. It's like, we, are, you, are you trying to sell this movie to? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like only people who watch porn are going to know who Tracy Lords is. So it's like, what? I always 
Because I've never watched any of her porn. I'm just kind of like, she's the chick from Blade? Yeah, she's the chick from Blade. I, I'm probably too young to watch Tracy Lord's porn, though, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, but I mean, even in this movie, she doesn't look old. No, she's hot. No, she's yeah, very, she's very she's hot. Very, yeah, she's a very hot chick. Especially when she yells at him in vampire language, you know, at that dude. Yeah, in, it's, in pretty vampire sexy. it's pretty sexy. Yeah. Quinn's um, getting it on. He's got some black chick giving him a blowjob while he's right. making out with the white chick. Right. That dude had it going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're when you're that close to Deacon Frost, man, you know, opportunities just fall into your lap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> More ways so, than one. Yeah, exactly. Uh but also, I thought it was kind of funny that they mentioned it was a vampire disco. Who calls those kind of clubs a disco anymore? This dude's 80. This dude's probably an older dude, I'm assuming, because who would just call that a disco? Like, we would no just one, call it a vampire club. Yeah, or, or just simply a club. No one calls shit a disco anymore. I mean... Right. That's really crazy why they would... Anyway, uh, that whole scene culminates more and more and really makes you shiver. It was a very good start until Blade appears and starts the first of the well-known boring good hero fights. The good hero kills everybody. Good every hero? Yeah. <laughs> the good hero kills everybody, i.e. Uh, every vampire. Actually, he doesn't kill every vampire. He only a kills the ones them, that attack him. A lot of them run and escape. He yeah. doesn't track them down. He just kills the ones that attack him. That are just coming like, for him. And um, I would actually consider Blade more of an anti-hero like Spawn. Yeah. Because uh, he, he will kill you. Like, I mean, he uses Karen for bait, like, instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, she, you know. He just, also robs people. He robs people for, for <laughs> to finance their stuff. Yeah. Which is fine, you know, the people that he robs, fuck them. But, right, yeah. You know, I mean. So could you say he's a little bit like Robin Hood? Yeah, give from the rich, kill vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Steal from the rich and kill a vampire. Right. Robin Hood did that shit. Right. It just, he just keeps it. He just <laughs> gives it to the poor. Yeah, he keeps it so he can buy, you know, guns. He, he gives it to poor Whistler so he can build him some shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he plenty of alcohol. Right, yeah. Um, uh, but it says, uh, uh, let's see, uh, he, hero kills everybody, i.e. every vampire, and is so cool and so invincible and so boring one of the vampires he kills is Ra Raquel, and later I thought that this was quite symbolical, for she <laughs> had been the one who had uh, uh, ruled the only really good scene of the movie. The film never comes back to the uh, to the level of the start. There are some nice jokes in it, exploding vampire blood, etc., and many effects are excellent, but not that strange scene where the blood god is created. That just looks absurd, but the fighting is nothing but... The well-known, typical, unrealistic stuff. In all his films, Wesley Snipes is a natural, cool one. But here, he tries to be cool all the time and becomes, of course, very uncool this way. This dude is very pissed about him not being able to jack at the Tracy Lords in this movie. This <laughs> it's like, he's like, I saw Tracy Lords at the beginning of this movie. And I was like, I already had, like, the lotion. I had all the... I thought she was going to get naked and fuck that other chick. And yeah. she didn't. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Screw this movie. I'm going on IMDb and bitching. Yeah. <laughs> this seems like what it's about. Because he, he's mentioned her, like, four times in right. this. Right. For a character that has, like, really no purpose in the movie. All she is is basically the person that brings this, like, just random white dude to the club. 
And he's just thinking, like, oh, this is, like, a really, you know, kind of a cool club. It's kind of like a hidden secret club. That's pretty cool. Now, I've never seen one. I've never seen a place like this before. And then when he gets in there and then re- and he sees all the blood happening and stuff, and he's like, oh, fuck, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, he, she literally grabs Matthew Modine lookalike's dick <laughs> and then says, hey, Fashinzo. And that's the whole fucking thing that she does in the whole movie. Yeah. And you're really pissed about that? Right. But the whole thing about Blade being, like, boring because of, like, the fight scenes, Blade's a daywalker, okay? So, regular vampires are basically nothing to him, right? Because he's got the ability to, you know, he's got all of the advantages of the vampires and pretty much none none of the weaknesses. He's not allergic to silver. He's not allergic to garlic. uh, He doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get messed up in sunlight, his only weakness, really, is that he ages and vampires don't. Yeah, and he still has the thirst. Yeah, and he has the thirst, so he has to quench that. Yeah, which is where the serum comes in. But it's interesting, too. When you already get in this movie, the serum's already struggling to work. Yeah, because it's like he has a tolerance built up to it, and it's like just, you know, just upping the dosages don't really do that much anymore. You know, which it is just gets dangerous. Yeah, because even Whistler's like, you know, we we haven't really put this much into you before, so we don't really know what's going to happen with this much, you know. And then eventually he gets to the point, as you find out later on, when he finally is able to drink like regular blood again, shit goes down. <laughs> Basically, we could just say it, Super Saiyan level shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's more towards the end of the movie, so we'll get into, you know, Blade versus Frost eventually. Um, this is the reason why I saved this, because I knew you'd react to this. This film has been compared to Spawn, but Spawn is a totally different kind of film. A good family movie where good fights against evil and good wins. <laughs> Spawn? Spawn, yes. The <laughs> Spawn's a good family movie? Right. Well, the fight is against good. Did they? They do know Spawn. <laughs> That's exactly. Is the spawn of Satan? Right. He literally works for the devil. Yeah. Or Malbolgia, however you want to look at it. He's Satan. Right. He He's works based. for Satan. What is Spawn when he's in hell? He's a demon. He's a, he's the general of Hell's army. Yeah, he is a fucking demon that leads demons because he's killed more people than anyone on earth in history right that's fucking hitler and napoleon <laughs> flood the impaler flood the impaler this Attila the hun it was a straight up murderer right killmonger ain't got shit on that <laughs> no. spawn only became a good guy because of wanda and his daughter right and you know basically it's like oh well there be hell on earth and you're gonna lead him no, I'm not going to do that. There's actually a comic book where the angel is the fucking villain. Yeah, Angela. Be, or no, a redeemer. Redeemer. Yeah. Her, her too. I mean. Well, Angela, she, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, he literally makes you root for Satan and Spawn. That's what Tom <laughs> McFarlane makes you do. It's like, yes, but he still kills people. <laughs> he doesn't really ever become a good guy. He just has his own reasons to not the general of satan's army well okay i think the i think what happened here was 
This guy walked into This guy's a, never watched either one of these movies. That's what happened. This guy, he probably walked into, like, a blockbuster video back in the day, <laughs> and he saw... Uh, a lot of good that he, did. He saw, he saw, like, somebody, like, fucked up. Yeah, especially because Netflix basically destroyed him. Um, he, he walked over to the, to the counter, or he walked over to the shelf, and somebody had mistakenly put... Uh, Spawn over near like where Toy Story was, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, Spawn's family. oh okay, <laughs> yeah, Spawn. He must be like a good family. But <laughs> it must be a good family movie. I've already seen Toy Story. Maybe I'll check out the Spawn movie. The Spawn movie is going to be <laughs> so good. It's got John Leguizamo in it, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but it says, at least that movie was not promising what it cannot keep. Of course, the film about Spawn was very different than the comic. Well, Blade was really close. But I expect more of a vampire movie, especially if they have such excellent actors, that only an action movie with, you know, than only an action movie with, ex with expensive effects. <laughs> right. So, so this dude's like, you know what? I, I, this wasn't as good as Spawn. I thought Spawn was way better. And, uh, like, I like the Spawn movie, but it's not as good as Blade. No. It's just not. It's not even close. I mean, Tom McFarlane really didn't have anything to do with it besides his producer credit or whatever. And or, it's his characters, but it's aside his from characters, that. characters, but, I mean, he even said himself, he really, you know, I, th I think the actor that they got to play Spawn is pretty perfect, but... Uh, Michael J. White. Yeah, he doesn't really have any control over what happens to Spawn. So, but it's but I think it's it's kind of funny because and no chapel. So the whole fucking movie was bullshit. It starts with chapel. <laughs> I thought Violator was the main purpose of Spawn. Oh, fuck Violator. Fuck Violator. Just, yeah, he was just something Todd McFarlane created to make toys. Yeah, basically, it really was. I mean, that's you know because they could show him in his in his demon form and they could show him in his clown, in clown form. form, and yeah. then he had like eighty different versions of. Violator and the Ventilator like, and the Vaporator and, and the Vindicator and Vindicator and the, the Annihilator and the fucking <laughs> Nowalators and the <laughs> Nowalators. We're gonna tie him with now now, now later candy. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I, I almost feel like if somebody's like, okay, I gotta compare this to something. What's the only other movie out around this period of time? That had a black person as the main character. Black person as the main character, based on a comic, and it has some like evil undertones. That's the only other movie he could think of was Spawn, you know. And it was, um, but yeah. So uh, that that is yeah, that's very racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that's uh, one of the things, and uh, yeah, that next comment is a little bit shorter it looks like yeah this yeah some of these are kind of shorter but there was quite a few of them and that was one of the things when i was going through the comments on here that was one of the things that i noticed was that people said that they didn't like it but then they didn't really have a whole lot of things that they didn't you know, i mean that they that they were going to talk about so i was like well i'm just gonna keep you know the ones that make specific points but some of these are like just really just a paragraph because I think Blade, for the most part, is most people love this movie. Yeah, as well, they should. It's a really yeah. good movie. I mean, it's got Wesley Snipes in it. And then, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so the next comment is a 3 out of 10. 
and it says this thing was dire, which automatically makes me think they're from the UK because they're really the only ones who would say that. This was dire. <laughs> but um, so this was made by Coyote. <laughs> Coyote. Coyote. Coyote ugly. <laughs> well, a comment might be ugly, so we'll see. Uh, this is October of 2001. October 2001. So, so that's, that's about three years. Okay. Three years after it came out. Was Blockbuster still around then? In 2001? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Were they? Yeah. And the block, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Blockbuster didn't really fold till what, like, 2010? You know, it's crazy that Blockbuster could be replaced by a little kiosk outside of CVS. Right, yeah. <laughs> like a red box, yeah. <laughs> You used to walk into a giant store with, like, people and shelves full of stuff, and now you just walk up to, like, a little red box, and it's like, I want to watch this shit. Click on a screen. Done. I actually kind of miss the movie store experience, though, really, because it seems just... I don't want to go rent as many movies anymore if I'm just going up to a box. Right. And then, then, you know, the box doesn't have as many movies as a movie store would, obviously. Yeah, you really only have, like, just mainly the stuff that's, like, just came out. Yeah, but, you know, Netflix is like, let's scroll through this, but it's only certain things. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it says, uh, not like I wasn't expecting a lot out of it, but I was at least hoping for a fun, dumb, big budget movie. This isn't even that. This item uh, ranks in the this item <laughs> ranks in the bottom half of all the vampire movies I've ever seen, and believe me, Did I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> is he talking about the same movie, or is he even talking about a movie? Uh, it, he says this item ranks in the bottom half of all the vampire movies I've ever seen. So it's like it's really poor choice of words. So. And then, and then he says, uh, bad acting, zero characterization, little to no thought, almost non-existent plot, and 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 that that's there. You can drive semi trucks through the holes in. Yeah, Wesley Snipes and Steven Dorff, just garbage. But like the whole thing about like bad acting, like for one, you've got Wesley Snipes in this movie, who is an amazing actor in like everything that he does. Whether it's like Passenger Fifty Seven, he's fucking Simon Phoenix and Demolition Man, which is the next New episode. New Jack City. New Jack City. I mean, you know, like he's, he's great in everything he does. Yeah. everything he does, he's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, he even like inspired Dennis Rodman's character on uh, what was it? Oh Bubble no, Team? no, it's on, that's another episode. That's another episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we're doing Demolition Man too. Because you know, one Wesley Snipes movie isn't enough. You have to you have to do at least two. You know, it's 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 like a double feature. It's the rule of two. Yeah. Um, but the whole, but the bad acting thing too is like Chris Christopherson's awesome in this movie. He's pretty awesome in every movie. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen like Chris Christopherson in a movie and be like, eh, movie was like like really super shit? It's like the movie might have been, but he isn't. I think Chris Christopherson was in this movie, and I could be wrong. So if you guys want to correct me on this, remember go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, uh, it was, it was, we have no complaint box. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, that's just a waste of time. You just think it to yourself, like, oh, they fucked that up, and just move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think it was a, a movie called Fire Down Below with Steven Seagal, and 
Chris Christopherson's the bad guy in it. And um, he's really great in that. Like, you know, Steven Seagal's like an okay action star, but then you put Chris Christopherson, then he has a personality to it. Like, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, kind of like, uh, what was it, the uh, Under Siege, Tommy Lee Jones is one of the villains or whatever. You know, Seagal needed those people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the whole zero characterization thing, it's like the the character arc of Blade changes as soon as he sees Karen for the first time and she's bitten and stuff in the hospital. And he thinks of his mom. And he thinks of his mom. And we were having this discussion earlier that, you know, we're not sure if the hospital that he goes to when he's trying to track down where Quinn went uh, you know, because it's the same hospital we're that trying to his think. mother died in. Yeah. And I think it is. That's why he made that connection between his mom and Karen. But it's never explained, so it's just speculations. So. Yeah. Because he, he, he sort of like has this moment where he was like, you know, my mom at one point was in the same situation where, you know, she was bitten and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, at the time I couldn't do anything because I'm a fetus. You know, it's like, I'm a baby. He yeah, was just taking... Deacon Frost would be his dad. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because he was the one that bit his mom. Yeah. So he's the reason he's half vampire. That's his, that's his vampire daddy. Yeah, so he's half Deacon Frost. Right. <laughs> But it's, uh, but like when he sees Karen there, it's like he has this moment where he's like, I couldn't do anything to help my mom, but I could do something to help her. Shit, I'm just gonna have to do this, you know? And then it ends up working out pretty well because then when Whistler checks out who she is, he's like, This is actually pretty helpful because she's a damn hematologist, yeah. and we deal with creatures that are, you know, that deal with blood, so. Having somebody who has expertise in, in blood work and working in a hospital around blood, this is actually pretty cool that she can do this. And of course, she's sexy as. Fuck. Yeah, like have you? I will say this. When, and you know, I'm all for diversity and everything. And the more black women you can put in the movie, you know, that's cool. But how many hematologists look as hot as as Nabuche right in this movie? Holy uh, shit! I don't think I've ever seen it. Hematologist. Right, like if you, because you you've been in hospitals and stuff dealing yeah. with like kids being born and everything. Have you ever seen a woman walk by that looks like Nabuche Wright? Um, I don't know. Like I, at a I real don't go hospital. In the hospital a lot, and you know, usually when I do, it's when kids are born. Right, and uh, which has I, been approximately twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I make some pretty awesome kids, but <laughs> I've never, no, I've never. Actually, seen... Stephen's sons are both half vampires, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, they're both half vampires. No Deacon Frost, one hundred percent me. Right, <laughs> you can't dilute this awesomeness, baby. One hundred percent vampire, right here. Right, That's why we do our show at night. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's also because the you know the kids are asleep. But aside from that, <laughs> it's but because I, we you know we only come out at night. <laughs> yeah, Jim Morrison. You're right. Damn, producers fucking lazy as shit. Right. We don't have one. We don't have a producer. <laughs> we, we are the producers. We, we do everything ourselves. But like, I just think that the the whole no characterization thing. You learn a lot about Deacon Frost just from. 
pretty much like the first scene that he's really in that you actually hear him talk because he shows up just for like a split second in the blood club to just like kind of scare the shit out of that white dude. Yeah, when he stares at him and shit, you're like, oh shit. He's, like, oh he, shit. He's really, he just like tiptoed past death right now. Right, because <laughs> Deacon is more ruthless than every member of the House of Erebus. Yeah. Which is basically like the, the ruling vampire house, you know, they're the ones who basically control pretty much everything in the vampire world underground. And, like, when Deacon's at the table and you see him, you know, like, Dragonetti's talking and you have the other guy that's like, you know, uh, you know the, the, the clubs are a problem and, you know, we've had these treaties with the humans for years and he was like, you know, why are we, like, running around, you know, making these back alley treaties? I mean, these people are food. Yeah, they're you know? food. And it's like, you're not even pure blood. It's like, like it matters. Like it matters. <laughs> but I think the other thing, too, is that, like, uh, when they start, like, when the other guys, like, you know, it's like, well, now we'll get to the matter of our, you know, offshore accounts. And they start handling, like, business and money-related shit. And he's like, he's like, Gatano, you might wake up, might, you might wake up one day and find yourself extinct. And then he just kind of like stares at him and then he just walks off. And then. Well, well, the library scene, you can tell that that uh, he's intimidated by Frost. Yeah. Because, I mean, he slaps him and he's just like, you know, whatever. And he's just kind of. Like, it's like the, the scene where he just kind of intimidates him is like one of the gayest looking scenes, <laughs> but the most fierce, like, at the same time. Yeah, you know, because vampires are like that. They're very, they're very. Um, I don't even know the word. It's they're very carnal in nature. Yeah, you know, they they, they they do things like that, and like just that fierceness, and he just walks out. He's like, these these, these things are forbidden. Yeah, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he's the just archives like, are forbidden except for the House of Erebus. Yeah, and Frost is just like whatever. <laughs> Frost, I'm talking to you, and he was like, he was like, this Shh, is the library. This is the library. He <laughs> <laughs> like slaps him, and he's just like, whatever, and he just kind of does that awesome stare down that he has, and then touches him like on his face and things, and he just freaks out and leaves. Right. Kind of thing, and he's like. That that scene's pretty awesome. Because you're talking about Dragonetti is the he's the the leader, the clan leader of the House of Erebus. Yeah, and Frost just intimidated him because he yeah. knows who Frost is. Frost will fucking kill you, and he does. He does. He's kill the him. most ruthless vampire in that entire room. Yeah, he will fucking kill you. That's it, why he has a seat at the table, and he's only half blood. Yeah. Because he's not considered a member of the House of Erebus, but he is allowed to sit at the table because of his power and his influence. Yeah, they don't have the choice. Yeah, because he has so many loyal people that follow him, like Quinn and uh, Mercury, the blonde-headed vampire that's like his girlfriend, his... I don't know what she is, but like his accomplice. Like, what exactly is Mercury? I don't know. She gets fucking killed by Karen. I know that. Right? <laughs> but, uh, but it's just... To say that there's like no characterization characterization in this movie is totally false because every time you've seen Deacon, you learn a little bit more about him. Every time you see Blade, you learn a little bit more about him. You're talking about Deacon. I started thinking about that part where uh, 
Blade calls Deacon on, on the computer or whatever, and then Pearl's, like, all tortured and shit, and he's just like, look, it's over. That was some fucking dignity. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blade's here, Blade's here. It's like, look, look, it's over. It's, it's over. That was some fucking dignity. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, he's, this dude's, like, served you loyally for, like, years, and he's just like, you know what, I don't yeah. give a fuck. I'm not sending anybody to help yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, I'm seriously, this dude you. takes a break from EverQuest to, like, help you decrypt this fucking ancient text. <laughs> <laughs> he was totally playing EverQuest. He was totally playing EverQuest. 1998, man, he was playing EverQuest. <laughs> and it's like, hey, Pearl, I got some shit I need you to do. What do you need me to do, boss? I need you to encrypt thousands of pages of the Book of Erebus because there's something in here that I think we, we need to really find... And I want you to figure out what it is because it relates to Lamagra. And he's like, well, fuck, you know, my, my level 15 elf, I'm going to have to probably put that to the wayside for a second so mm -hmm. I can work on Frost Project. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl was just really like this guy named like Nick Narowski, like sitting in the basement playing RPGs. Right. <laughs> Frost is like, I need you to decode this. Are you really oh, good shit. at computers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went to college for computers. You're right. <laughs> We're making fan fiction about Pearl from Blade. <laughs> Let's get a comic book about Pearl. It's like, he's not even a vampire. He just hasn't seen the sun in so long. That's why that ultra right. stuff just <laughs> it's, it's like uh, like the South Park episode where like the kids all got like addicted to that online game. It was like like World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. like their version of World of Warcraft, and all the kids are like are like fat and diabetic and shit. And That's just what happened to Pearl. They just left him in the tub. His parents abandoned him in that basement. Right. I just thought that was funny too. That like you know, uh, Blades. You know, he like moves away for a second. and He was like. You know, if he if he moves, you know, mess him up, and then she like flashes the 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 UV light on him. She's like, he he's moved. Like, yeah, and he's like all burnt, all this shit, and he's just looking at her like, what the fuck? It was going on, and she was like, he moved. I mean, <laughs> he probably just like tried to eat a Cheeto or something. Right. <laughs> I gotta get one last Dorito. Ah. How is he so fat? How does he eat? I don't know. Those are irrelevant questions. I, I don't know. Like we're, we're dwelling way too much on Pearl. <laughs> Pearl was the whole movie. Right. That movie should have been called Pearl. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, the movie should have been called Raquel, according to the oh, other Raquel, guy. Yeah. yeah. It should have been about Tracy Lord. Tracy Lord's his Fucking character. Fucking everybody. It should have been a porn. Oh, I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> All I have is, is my Hawkeye action figures to keep me company. Oh, okay. good choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's not going to go after, like, Iron Man to jack off to. You know, no. Jeremy Renner's the least <laughs> lower. It's got to be, yeah. it's gotta be Hawkeye. If you're going to have a jack sesh, it's, it's got to be the Hawkeye. Better. Okay. Um, but, uh, let's see. Uh, shirt has action and is loud and has more action and more noise and blood and action these things alone did not make a good or even halfway decent movie. Beats me how some people can say this is the best vampire movie ever made. All I can assume is that they haven't seen many. I suggest seeing Near Dark instead. Yes, because I've seen all the vampire movies. I'm not sad or lonely. Right. <laughs> but, I just, you know, I think that if you're... The other thing, too, is that, like, 
I think people kind of mistake this. This isn't necessarily a vampire movie. It's an action movie that has vampires in it, which is a bit different. You know, like, if you're going to look at, like, traditional, like, vampire-type movies, right, you would think of, like, uh, the For Francis Ford Coppola Dracula, right? And then you would think of Interview with a Vampire, and then what Queen of the Damned? You'd have to throw that in there because those, you know, those are two Anne Rice ones right there. Yes. Lost Boys. Uh, we'll see. What else would you consider to be like a traditional vampire type movie? Because not Twilight. Those are all garbage. Um, no, vampires don't turn into sparkly diamond dudes whenever you get out of no. the sun. They die. Yeah, strippers sparkle, not vampires. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> like a bumper sticker? Yeah. 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 Um, strippers sparkle, not vampires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Okay, alright. So, we know that if you're trying to watch a horror or a drama vampire movie, this this is not going to make you happy. This is not your jam. But also, why the fuck would you watch this? Right. Because w what would be the dead giveaway that it's not a horror is Wesley Snipes. Right, because he doesn't really do horror movies. And uh, he's more of an action movie guy. The second giveaway would probably be David S. Goyer. You know, the fucking comic book guy. Right. <laughs> and it's directed by Stephen Norrington, which I don't think has ever done a horror movie. Yeah. Or. What else? I don't even know what else he's done. Uh, Besides a horror movie, uh, he, he's. I don't. Let me see. What is uh, what is Stephen Norrington's credit for directing? Uh, okay, so the only like the main things that he's known for as far as director, he's only directed four movies, which was Death Machine, Blade, The Last Minute, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So two of those are comic book movies. Uh, Death Machine. Uh, let's, I don't think I know that one. And then The Last Minute. I, I don't think I know that one either. But that's the only four movies that Norrington directed. Yeah. So, so if you knew anything about Stephen Norrington, you would not have assumed. Because the only movie he had made before that was Death Machine. You know. But it's like. Which sounds like Death in a Machine. <laughs> Death Machine or the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> For your quarterback in Korea. Right, yeah, that's definitely a Death Machine. <laughs> but uh, but it's like if you see that Wesley Snipes is in a movie and you're like there's just nothing but like a lot of blood and action. What the hell were you expecting when you saw Wesley Snipes on it's the like, billing? This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you expecting? Like, I think sometimes when people, they get pissed off about a movie, like, having too much action. And it's like, look at who's in it. If you see a movie with Steven Seagal, are you are you expecting that to be, like, an Academy Award winning performance? This bullshit Seagal didn't win the Oscar for that movie. Right. I mean, the dude can barely run without looking like a girl. Well, you think he's going to be able to act like... Like Lawrence Olivier or something? Like, come on. <laughs> we all come back to that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, Lawrence Olivier is apparently the greatest actor of all time. And uh, then It's probably Daniel Day-Lewis or Leonardo DiCaprio. It's, uh... And then... Probably Morgan Freeman. But you put Morgan up there. 
As the greatest actor of all time? One of the greatest actors of all time. Oh, yeah. He's one of. Yeah. yeah. Freeman, and then you'd have to throw Denzel in there. DiCaprio. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. And you can say what you want to about Johnny Depp. The guy could literally be anybody. He can be Willy Wonka. He can be Jack Sparrow. He can be a detective, you know, going, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with a satanic cult like in Ninth Gate. Yeah. And then, you know, he can be in a movie like, like Chocolate. And, <laughs> you know, and he could be like the guy who wrote Peter Pan, you know, like he can be he all can these. He can do anything. He, he's the man of a thousand faces. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. and then like a, a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Epic. You know, like. Um, Brad Pitt would have to be in there too. Brad Pitt would be one. Uh. Let's see who else would you who else would you throw in there for like greatest actors of all time? Ooh, there's a there's a lot. There's a in. lot. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins <laughs> definitely. definitely. I, I, I'll throw him in there. Tim Robbins has done some some great things. Yeah, and then of course Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, <laughs> like a mofo. He's he's the greatest at baseball movies. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> and Kevin Smith movies. Which, by the way, hope you get better, Kevin Smith, because you know Kevin Smith had a heart attack yeah, recently. Yeah, I've seen that. Don't don't die. Don't die. On don't us. die don't on you us. Don't do that to us, Kevin Smith. Don't do that shit to us. Jason Mewes will die in like minutes after you die. Right. Yeah. Because his you're lifespan the, is tied to yours. You're the only thing keeping Jason Mewes alive. So yeah. Let's. Like, that's like, you know, we're joking, but that's also kind of serious. That's real shit. That's real shit. I mean, the only reason that Jason Mewes is, like, not, like, has already died from an overdose is because of Kevin Smith. It's like the only reason you still have the red hot chili peppers is because of Flea. Mm-hmm. Or they'd all be dead. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis, like, all those guys would be dead by now. Yeah. But we're not for Flea keeping everybody on the straight and narrow. But, anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Flea! Thank you, Flea! <laughs> Wow, we just took like and a this whole just little. This became thing. the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, <laughs> right? So, Stadium Arcadium, how do you feel about that? No, <laughs> um, pretty good. Yeah, that album was awesome, um, despite what the haters might think. But anyway, so the next uh, comment, fucking haters. <laughs> so the next one is a uh, a one out of ten, of and course. it says uh, staggeringly mediocre and mind-numbingly dumb. So this is from June of 2006, and this is by somebody named GC Simp. <laughs> so I'm imagining it's supposed to be like GC Simpson, but they just what? left the un off of it. Wasn't he in Chitlin and the Dude? <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know what the hell that is. Okay, <laughs> it's a reference to a movie that Ben Stiller's character made in Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay. The one that he made with Martin Lawrence. Oh, okay. Chitlin' and the Dude. It's, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Tropic Thunder. Which, by the way, that might be an episode. And that would be a fun episode. Yeah, that would be Get a fun Get ready episode. to be offended. Oh, yeah. No, that's... <laughs> if you thought the Marilyn Manson episode was pretty offensive because of Jimmy the Dick Band Jones, wait till we get to Tropic Thunder. Oh, ne- shit. Never go full retard. Never go full retard. <laughs> uh, Survive! <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, but anyway, 
It says, I really wanted to like this. A fantastic hero hunting vampires in the big city. Sounds like good fun with action thrown in. But it's <laughs> but it's almost unwatchable. I like it when the movie sucks you in with a plausible story, believable characters, and at least a little respect for the viewer. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what happens, right? Uh, but no, this guy has a rebuttal for that. This movie fails almost entirely on those counts. Mm -hmm. Right from the opening scene, too many things made suspension of, of disbelief nearly impossible for me. Even in a comic hero movie, your science should work. <laughs> comic hero movie? Your science should work. Positing the existence of vampires in the first place is fine, but don't do a lot of stupid non-vampire things unless a reason is given or is obvious why it works this way instead of how it works in our world. The main villain has no presence or sense of menace whatsoever. I was going to go on, but it's not worth it. <laughs> the main villain has no presence right now. <laughs> or sense of menace. Did you, did, <laughs> that's not the part that stood out to me. It was just, uh, what, what do you say? Non-vampire things. Look, vampire things don't exist. Vampires <laughs> aren't real. So <laughs> you, we've, I've had this, I've said this before on this show. It was the Underworld episode. Vampires aren't real, so they can make it whatever the fuck they want to make it. Right. And all the, basically, I think what he's pissed about is, like, uh, like why is it that crosses don't work? It's like, because even Blade says in the movie, you know, crosses don't do dick. Yeah, what? Well, These aren't religious vampires. To make? That's always been stupid. That was the old school stuff where it's like you put a cross in the vampire. It's like, no, because vampires are always supposed to be associated to Satan and hell and stuff. Yeah, because it was it was a religious thing that they were supposed to be. They were they were not of God. They were of Satan, basically. But, but in this is it, it's a disease. Mm -hmm. You know, just just kind of like zombieism is is a disease. This is how vampirism is in this. It's pretty simple to understand. Yeah, that's why <laughs> they have Dr. Karen Jensen in this. Yeah, because she's a hematologist, and when she looks at Quinn's blood, it's a it blood is, disease. It's a blood disease, and she knows that that shit is not normal. Also, I thought it was kind of funny, just since we're talking about, you know, Karen at the hospital. You know, Donald Logue, who plays Quinn in the movie, he's dressed up in full... Great actor. Donald Logue is an amazing actor. He's, he's a good actor. He's also in Ghost Rider, and he's also in the, the Gotham TV show. So he's, he's a big fan of uh, comic book things. Yeah. He's actually pretty good in Ghost Rider. Yeah, he's awesome. Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage! But Donald Logue, so he's an entire... He's in like a full makeup, right? Because they have they may, need to make him look like a burn victim when Blade throws a lighter on him and sets him on fire at the Blood Club. So he was. Uh, I was like listening to the commentary track, and they were saying that uh, Donal is in full makeup and everything, and they're doing the hospital scene, and he ends up injuring himself badly. Like I think it was his leg, like maybe his shin or his ankle, something like that was like really badly injured and they had to get him to the hospital. He's still in full makeup. <laughs> they didn't have time to take his makeup off because it's an emergency. Like they need to get him to like a real hospital, mm -hmm. not the set hospital, and actually get him attended to so that they can go ahead and get surgery or whatever oh, they have I didn't to do. Know about any of that. So he's in full makeup and they're like we have it's like we have Wesley Snipes in costume 
We have uh, Nabuche Wright is in her. Uh, she's in her regular makeup and stuff. She has like the you know the bite marks in her neck or whatever from the makeup. And then uh, Donald goes to the hospital, and they're like, as soon as they uh, get him onto the stretcher and get him like pushed into the hospital. They were like, everybody in there, like, freaked the hell out and were, like, shrieking, like, oh, my God, is he okay? <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're working on a movie. This is makeup. This is not actually what's wrong with him. Because <laughs> they had to explain that he is not, like, a oh, man, severe degree burn yeah. victim. <laughs> so, he because he's still in full makeup, and I think that they only had to take it off just to do surgery on him. Props to the makeup artist. Right. Because that looks so convincing that, like, in an actual hospital, Hospital, they thought this dude was like a super burn victim. If he was burned that bad, though, he definitely would have been dead. Yeah, and that's yeah. You know, you met Mr. Crispy at the hospital. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was kind of crazy because they're like, you know, he gets injured on set, and they don't have time to take his makeup off, and he looks like that. Imagine seeing that shit. Like if you're in the hospital and you're like, oh man, you know, I was playing basketball and I think I might have tore something in my knee, and you're like, you got the ice pack on it, and you're waiting to see the doctor. This fucking dude rolls in and he's like a severe degree burn victim, holy and you're like, shit, holy don't worry fuck, about my knee. Don't dude, worry my knee about is fine. Knee. Work on that fucking guy. You got to skin graft this guy because he is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see him like just leave and he just looks like Donald Logue and it's like man you guys are fucking geniuses like yeah, I gotta everybody stands up and they're just like <laughs> like clapping <laughs> just imagine seeing that shit that's gotta be crazy you know like <laughs> I just think that Daniel Logue's just like I just had an asthma attack <laughs> right <laughs> The other guys over there, like, man, I, I just like, I, I was just having trouble breathing. I'm not fucked up like that dude. Yeah, Jesus, I'm just gonna leave. I feel like I'm wasting the hospital's dime now. Right, but it. They just saved like a burn victim, like completely healed him in like three days. Right? <laughs> this dude's awesome. <laughs> I want to go see that doctor because he's a fucking miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> is Daniel Logue actually a vampire? <laughs> Who knows? Donald Logue actually might be like a for real vampire. That's why he's like, you know, I'll fucking do I mean, this movie. he still looks exactly the same now <laughs> yeah. as he did then. I mean, he, he looked like, he always looked like he's been like 38. Right. Like his whole life. Right. He was in high school. He looked like 38. 38. He'd just like, go get beer. Then he had the cop, card. Cops just randomly just show up at school and try to arrest him. He's like, no, I'm still in high school. Right. Um, oh, sorry. You, you look like a pedophile. You so. look like a pedophile right now. <laughs> so we figured that you were here to, you know, you like predator these grown, kids. You have a full grown beard. <laughs> and you're like 15. Right. And Sorry, you're, and you're also like partially balding is, in the front. This is like the fourth time this week. You know who I am. Yeah, you like literally have seen my ID. My parents can vouch for who I am. I'm sorry, but every time we see you, you just look like a really creepy pedophile guy. You're just hanging out. Yeah, but now that he's like 50, he still looks like he's 38. So now it's even an out. Yeah, see, it's it's kind of like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, it's like I you know I get older, the girls stay the same age. Yeah, he was definitely. Uh, Banging underage chicks. Back in the day, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I'm not saying Matthew McConaughey did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not saying that. Matthew McConaughey, if you ever listen to this, we're not we, saying that you're a pedophile. We like you, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. 
Alright, alright, alright. Alright, alright, alright. You're 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 legendary for that line alone. But <laughs> yeah. And also your commercials for cars. They're beautiful. They're very good. And Jim Carrey's imitation of commercials. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh but anyway. <laughs> But, like, the whole thing is, like, uh, even in a comic hero movie, your science should work. It does work. At any point in this movie, do you think, like, ah, I don't really believe this because how could they have this kind of stuff? Like, do you ever do you ever feel like, oh, the, the vampires are just, like, they're just unrealistic and, like, that kind of stuff? You never think that when you watch this movie. You're thinking, like, no, it makes sense that it's a blood disease and when you bite somebody, you give it to them, and then it, it basically it affects your your biological makeup, and then you become a vampire. You know, there's really in comics, it's supposed to be the the unreal world. It's supposed to be something that you can go to get a release, not overanalyze. You're supposed to read them and just be like, this is fun, entertaining. They literally made an Archie versus Predators comic book. Um, <laughs> I did not know about that. Is, really, that is fucking real. So th- those are things, and it was very popular. Uh, because it's so <laughs> of course, ridiculous. yeah, it's, so it's Archie. Yeah, I mean it's Archie versus Predators. Of course, Archie probably won that. I didn't read it, um, but I know he's. He has uh, all the issues. <laughs> Don't let him bullshit you, people. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish I did because that that would be an interesting. How the fuck would Archie beat a Predator? Makes no sense. He can't. You know, can Adrian Brody? <laughs> Adrian Brody can. He did. Yeah. I mean. But uh, the the thing about it was, I mean, comic books were were made um, to disconnect people from reality. When did comic books really, really start in America? Really, World War II was when they started. And Depression times. Depression times. It was supposed to meant to uplift people. Yep. You know, like the Captain America things like that. It, it, it was meant to be patriotic. Patriotic. It was basically American propaganda. Yep. To make people feel better about what's going on over there in the world with their loved ones over there. They were depressed. The economy was crap. People were losing their houses, their family. They didn't know what was going on over there. The war and mm-hmm. Captain America existed. And whether you, you know, like Captain America or not, in the movies, in the comic books, he was probably... In those times, he was real. Because he needed to be real for the people. Yeah. Like the kids, their fathers, their grandfathers, their brothers, all were over there fighting wars, and you have these comic books like, you know, um, Iron Man coming out, and Captain America, and all these great things coming out, and keeping people occupied, and giving them belief and hope, and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to prove science to create a story. I'm sorry. Fuck that. You don't have to. You can be a writer and not be like, oh, this isn't scientifically accurate. It's like, no, who gives a shit if it is or not? You know what else isn't scientifically accurate? Armageddon. Because if that asteroid, if it actually existed in reality, it would be an extinction-level event. Yes. I mean, it would just destroy the entire world. I mean, the... All of the life on Earth that was large, like dinosaurs, was basically killed off by something. Uh, was, how big was the asteroid that that took the dinosaurs out? It was uh, about what three or four miles across when it hit Mexico. Yeah. And if you look at the asteroid that's in 
like Armageddon, and that thing is like crazy because it has like these weird like electrical storms around it. And but when you watch that movie, and I know that the science of it looks kind of ridiculous, and it's like, but that's not the point always, of that movie. I always prefer space cowboys. Space cowboys. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I just I wouldn't expect the space cowboys to come up, especially not in a Blade podcast. But, um, but like the whole idea. I like Space Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, um, the whole concept that like your science has to completely make sense in order for the movie to be good. Like one of the movies that I think of that's like you would say it was like on the outside. It's just kind of ridiculous. Is like Hansel and, and Gretel. Uh, was it Witch Hunters or whatever? Yeah. Uh, they, that movie is pretty crazy and it's kind of ridiculous, but it's a really fun movie to watch because it's, it's Gemma Arterton and Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner makes a second appearance. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> but like you have like really good actors in that movie, and that movie was cool. I know people shit on that movie, and I'm like, I thought it was okay. You know, it kind of reminded me of like Van Helsing a little bit because it's it's kind of like let's go into like some of these like you know fairy tale type things. And just, you know, tell a story. Is Harry Potter scientifically accurate? No, it's fucking magic. Yeah, but guess what has its own section inside Universal Studios that's like its own separate park? It's the Wizarding World, right? Don't diss my Harry Potter, bro. No, I'm not (laughs) dissing Harry Potter. What I'm saying is that, like, people don't give a shit about scientific accuracy when it comes to Harry Potter. It takes you to another world. That's what Harry Potter... Did I read all the books and watched all the movies, so I, I know exactly what happens in Harry Potter and how it happens, and a lot of it doesn't make any sense if you ever analyze anything that's written. Probably doesn't make any sense. You know, people be like, "Oh, I love these based on true story movies because they're actually real and accurate." No, they're not. Most of the time, they're not. There not are some all. things in them that are accurate, and there's some things that, like you know, Hollywood, Hollywood takes liberties. Just do. Yeah. A lot of those things, I would go ahead and say most of the time, these based on true story things, maybe be maybe at the most 60% accurate. The rest of it's just done and added in for Hollywood purposes. Yeah. And and, and that's okay. That that's okay actually. Just don't be like, "Well, I only watch historically accurate films," which that's very few and far between. A lot of those aren't. You're going to watch much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're really like, what, what are you going to watch? Apollo 13? Yeah, Apollo 13, that's not going to be 100% accurate. I mean, it's great. It's very, very accurate, though, because, like, even the knobs and the switches and the procedures and everything that they do in that well, movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. And most of the that's mainly because accurate. of Tom Hanks, because Tom Hanks is like, no, how would they actually do this for real? And he would have the astronaut show him. But a lot of stuff that happens down at the, the base of the center where they're talking up to Apollo, that's not accurate. Yeah, because some of the stuff that happens in Houston is not as dramatic as what happened. Now, they were panicking because they're like, fuck, we got astronauts basically kind of marooned out in space. That's one of my my favorite movies because, for one, I love Ron Howard, and I love me some Tom Hanks. And that movie, and I'm a big NASA nerd, so for me, that's like a combination of all kinds of shit that I love. And you know, it's accurate, but it's not 100% accurate. No. It's just... You know, nothing really is in Hollywood. So, but these comic book movies—they're supposed to be the the most unrealistic thing. Yeah. 
Because it's a fantasy. Why, why are you watching something like Blade and you're like, ah, the vampires and those aren't really very realistic? You're missing the fucking point. Just sit back, shut up, and watch Wesley Snipes kick some ass for a couple hours. That's how we watch it. That's how we watch movies. Like, you know, you can... Because we're going to do Demolition Man. And just, you know, we're not going to get into Demolition Man right now because we're going to do a whole episode about it. But, like, some of the stuff that happens in that movie... You're like, okay, that's some interesting like technology and things that they have, and it's like a future world because it's so far in the future and society's different and all this kind of stuff. And Taco Bell is like the only restaurant, so that's kind of crazy. Murder, but... death, kill. <laughs> Murder, death, kill. But the thing is, is like I don't watch that movie and think like, oh, well, we wouldn't have that technology at that year. That, I, I don't think about that. I want to see Stallone and Wesley Snipes whoop some ass, hopefully kick each other's ass, and I want to see explosions, I want to see guns, I want to see Sandra Bullock's sexy ass. I don't want to see... Sandra Bullock is in that movie! I don't want to see, like, something that's, like, super realistic, because how realistic is a lot of the stuff in some of these movies? They it's shouldn't like, be, and no, no one should care. But to, to like hate on a movie because it's not like scientifically accurate, or it doesn't match up with the lore that I think vampires should have, then that's your fucking problem. You're putting too much... Like this, We've been more of the same thing when we did Underworld. Because we're, we're like fans of vampire movies, and we watched a lot of them. You know? And I think the thing is about vampires is that vampires like any kind of mythical creature... They have some basis in reality, and what Goyer is doing when he writes the Blade is he's basically adapting the Blade character from the Tomb of Dracula comics when he like fights Dracula. And he was like, how do I take Blade and make him where he exists in a modern world that would seem believable, where the vampires aren't just like these crazy mythological creatures they have uh they, they, basically what they have is a blood disease that gives them like you know super speed super strength you know they have like huge regenerative powers especially when they've been feeding and you have all these cool things going on but it also is somewhat grounded in reality that it's not like they weren't cursed or something like when you watch francis ford coppola's dracula he basically, like, he curses God, and that's what curses him. Right. You know, because, like, that's, you know, because Gary Oldman, props to Gary Oldman, he's awesome in that movie. And, you know, basically as Vlad, because the story of Dracula is basically Vlad the Impaler, who was a hero to the Romanian people. Like, there's still statues to Vlad to this day, because he repelled the Christians from his land. And so he's treated as a hero in Romania. We always look at him as a villain because he was he was ruthless and he impaled people on pikes yeah. and he beheaded people and all this kind of stuff. It's all about point of view. It's all about point of view. But then, you know, when Bram Stoker is looking at like Elizabeth Bathory and he's looking at you know Vlad Dracul, which is his actual name, and he's looking at these different people that were around in like Rom you know well it would be Transylvania back then it was Romanian it's Romanian now because um, it didn't become Romania until it was conquered by the Romans, of course. But when you when he was looking at those, he was like, I want to take some elements from Vlad, and I want to take elements from Elizabeth Bathory. A lot of your vampire legends come from Elizabeth Bathory, and she's kind of been forgotten for some people in history. Well, a lot of her own legends are false. Right. But, yeah, you have to do the research on that yourself. This isn't a history podcast. No. 
We like yeah. to drop little bits of knowledge every once in a while because we can. <laughs> we can, but a lot of the lizard battery stuff is actually false. You just gotta look it up. Like the bathing in blood, she never did that. Yeah. Uh, she did torture and kill a lot of people though. Yeah, and she was fascinated with blood. I mean, that's she was fascinated with blood, but she never bathed in it. She would drink it. Yeah. She would drink it. So. Uh, but that, that was that the was legend amazing. that she would like, and I mean, and even cradle it. For, for yeah, bathe in it for youth and stuff. That that's not no. There's nothing. There's no evidence at all to support that she actually ever did it. Yeah, because that's the legend that you hear is that she like would have bathtubs made of blood and that kind of thing. But whether or not that was reality, uh, there's no, no proof of that at all. They, they don't have any records that she actually did that. Even when she was trial and banished for the rest of her life in her tower or whatever. In her own mean, castle, yeah. Yeah, none of that ever came out. She had plenty of time to confess to that stuff because she was never getting out. No, I mean, she's basically on permanent house arrest till death. Yeah, so. she pretty much admitted to almost everything else. Yeah, I mean, she murdered tons of women over the course oh, of like hundreds hundreds she yeah you know it was she was protected under a wall basically through most of them because most of them are peasants and back in those days you can basically do whatever the fuck you wanted to do with peasants mm -hmm. she started murdering royal people yeah so. when she started getting too close to people that were actually uh like landowners and stuff like that because you know elizabeth herself was a countess but that's the thing is that like Bram Stoker is taking things that he knew about Elizabeth Bathory, like what's detailed and Vlad Dracul, and he's basically like, well, I'm gonna make this character Dracula, and I'm gonna kind of you know I'm gonna you know kind of mess with some of this, and because you know those old legends are really based around like biblical tales, the whole thing about vampires being like weak to crosses and stuff like that, it's just. And I don't even know where the weakness to sunlight came from. Do you remember where exactly that came from? Yeah, it came from Vlad because he had a he had the disease where he couldn't go on sunlight, so he he always came out in darkness because he had an allergy to sunlight. I forget what that's called. Uh, I forgot exactly, but I know what you're talking about because it's a real thing. People actually have this for real. Michael Jackson claimed to have it, but it was really his overuse of plastic plastic surgery is really reason why he couldn't go out in sunlight. Yeah. But Vlad actually had where he couldn't go out in sunlight, or he could, but he had allergic reactions. It was so, painful. Yeah, very painful for him. So that's where that came from. Yeah. And then so, the whole blood drinking thing came from Elizabeth. Well, the blood drinking thing also came from Vlad. Well, yeah, he also would drink some of his victim's he, blood, but yeah. it was an intimidation thing. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, After he impelled him. Right, because that was an intimidation thing. Yeah. I mean, but but you know, you're talking about He's like a great general though. If you you wanted a general on the battlefield to help you win them, you would want Vlad. Yeah, Vlad actually to the Romanian people, he was a hero. You know, we think of him as like Dracula now, but if you actually talk to Romanian people about like you know what was Vlad Dracul like, they're like he was an awesome dude, man. He was a really good military mind. He would fuck shit. Oh. But that's the thing is that like we understand the history of stuff like that because we actually you know we we look into stuff like that you know the whole the you know if if you ever listen to the Cradle of Filth album Cruelty and the Beast that entire album is devoted to Elizabeth Bathory and if you start uh, that's how I kind of found out about it because I knew that Danny Filth wrote that album as kind of like that was like his concept was is that it's basically written 
about Elizabeth Bathory. And like every song on that album tells her story from the very beginning to the very end. That is Elizabeth Bathory's story. So I looked into it and I learned about it. And it's like, I know where the vampire legends come from. But why are people in modern times going like, you know what? I got Wesley Snipes in this movie. I got him kicking ass. I got this like smoking hot blood doctor lady. But none of this makes sense because like you know they're they you know they don't react to crosses and stuff like that. It's like why are you looking at that? They still kept some of the tropes. They're still allergic to silver. Like, very allergic to silver. Like Blade's sword basically like evaporates them when it touches them. They're extremely uh, susceptible to garlic, and they're susceptible to uh, UV rays or just plain old sunlight. But, you know, like, crosses and holy water don't do dick. <laughs> you know, like, we know that that's what that case is. But I I don't know why people are so fascinated with, like, th this stuff has to be, you know, like, religious and fantastical. It doesn't have to be. You can still make this, like, because Blade, if you look at the the technology and the way that Blade is presented, you could take Blade from 1998 and put it in the Marvel Universe now, and it would make sense because the science would fit with the other things that go on in the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah, with Doctor Strange and all the stuff that's about to kick off with the Marvel Universe, Blade will definitely fit. Yeah. But, like, uh, so this next comment here, it's, uh, it, they gave it a 1 out of 10, and it says, Probably the worst movie it has been my displeasure to watch. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. And it says, uh, this is made by uh, Edwin, and then he put in parentheses, Edipet? Ed Lose. <laughs> You're an Ed Loser instead of an Ed Winner. Um, and this is May of 2003. Okay. And it says, uh, full of disbelief, I put the DVD player on fast forward after only five minutes of this utter garbage of a film. Not since the awful and noisy start of Romeo and Juliet had I questioned the sanity of the director and the audience that can endure this. I'm glad to say I didn't watch Blade in the cinema as I had Romeo and Juliet then, so I could quickly scan if any of the movie was watchable and returned it damn pronto to the video store. One thing I know for sure, anyone who likes this is fully incompatible with me. So far, this is the only movie I have given a 1 out of 10. Well, I... You, you can't rate this movie because you didn't watch it. Yeah, you didn't watch the movie, and then you're bashed... Is, is he bad? I guess that's Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Yeah, he's he's going that. after the 1996 Romeo and Juliet with like Leo and, and John Claire Danes. Also, great movie. Yeah, and uh. I think people the reason people hated that was because it was a modern interpretation of a classic story. Yeah, amazing movie though. It was I, a I good movie. Care. I like it. It's weird. I'll, I'll give you that because it's Darren Aronofsky. Didn't he do that? Yeah, he's a weird guy. He's a weird dude, and he produces, like, I mean, he, like, directs really weird shit. But that movie just kind of worked, because I remember seeing that, uh, right, I, I don't know, I think when I saw that, it was, like, what, 97 when I watched that movie, probably? Probably. Um, or it might have been in 96, I don't remember exactly, because I remember seeing it on VHS. Cause... Yeah, I Leo was great in that movie, Claire Danes, uh, she, she was awesome. Everybody was really good in that movie, so. But the thing is, is that, like, this person's like, 
Yeah, this, uh, not since the awful and noisy start of Romeo and Juliet had I questioned the sanity of the director and the audience that could endure this. So, it's like... I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, I haven't seen Romeo and Juliet in a while, but... No, me either. But I'm like, so... But basically he was saying that, like, he... Uh, he fast-forwarded after five minutes of this utter garbage of a film. Yeah. Five minutes would have got you to Blade showing up. Right, because the opening intro is just basically Raquel taking the guy to the blood club. Yeah, and so he watched Raquel take the dude to the blood club, and he's like, fuck this movie. You haven't even seen Wesley Snipes show up yet. I don't, we don't know the timestamps, but Blade pops in at, you know, over at least over five minutes in. Yeah. Because they play a good bit of the, the of like to show you the world of the vampires. Yeah, the vampires are all dancing and putting their hands up. The blood's coming down, and they're all like, Quinn's getting blown. Quinn's getting blown. And then the two chicks are dancing with each other. The one chick with the bra. And it's all you hot. briefly see Frost walk by the guy. You see Frost walk by the guy, and you're like, oh shit. And then you don't see Frost again. Then you see the guy like scrambling to. Because he's about to get killed, and then Blade's there, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean... But you didn't watch it, so how could you give it a 1 out of and 10? he's like, I watched the opening scene, so I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I watched it on Fast Forward, and I'm like... There was like no, this black chick in here, there was an old dude, there was a lot of blood, a lot of fight scenes... <laughs> hate it, hate it, hate it. I hated all of this shit. It's like, but you cannot give it a one out of ten because you didn't watch the movie. If anything, you should have like not given it a rating and be like, I didn't like this movie. I hated it, so I turned it off, and I'm not gonna grade it because it's basically ungradable. I don't have an opinion because I didn't watch the whole thing. His title should have been, I didn't watch this movie because I did. I didn't like this movie because I didn't watch this movie. Right. That should have been his title. Because he didn't watch this movie. No. He tells you he didn't watch this movie. Yeah. Let's move along. This guy's so, enough. This is, this is a problem we have with multiple things. But, um, okay. So, now, we're going to get in a little bit of Naked Frost here. So, this is, uh, so this is, uh, let's see. Yeah, so we got... Let's see. Dick McGregor. <laughs> no, uh, this one is a uh, 1 out of 10. And they said, too many plot holes make for frustrating viewing. And this is made by H-I slash I-H. <laughs> like, that's literally how it's shown. That's literally how it's shown. Like, is this Triple H? Like, is Triple H on this? Yeah, he's like, I want to be in one of these movies. Fuck this one. <laughs> I want to be in the third movie if they get to a third movie. <laughs> you can't make a movie like this without the game. The game. <laughs> uh, but it says, uh, Blade seemed too unbeatable. He also beat the blood god too easy. I can accept that Sunblock protected Frost's skin from the sun, but what about his eyes? And when did he suddenly gain the ability to dodge bullets? Although Blade is heavily outnumbered by vampires every time he fights them, he's never attacked by more than one vampire at a time. Well, there's patiently wait their turn. It's an old cliche, but it's so obvious here it ain't even funny. Maybe I missed something, but weren't the council members an essential element of the process of raising the blood god? Yet even though one of them is killed by Frost's girlfriend, the ritual goes through without any problems. 
Blade killing his mother with a bone, etc. Some scenes in Blade look like they've been heavily inspired by The Matrix, but since it came out only six months later, I can't really say it was a ripoff. Um, this actually came out before The Matrix. It came out before The Matrix, yes. That's actually a fact. Yeah. In Matrix bars, some of this. Right. Um, the black so- trench coats. The bullet time, because yeah. like when Blade shoots Deacon and he's out in the open and he's got that that little girl. And the reason that the the council member can die, and it still goes off without a hitch, is because they already drained his blood. Right. So it doesn't fucking matter. His body doesn't matter at that point. So pay attention. The blood's already been drained. The body isn't needed anymore. It's not needed at all. So. <laughs> pay the fucking t- we, we can't help you if your biggest complaint is you not watching the movie or understanding it this is a comic book movie by the way we're not talking about inception here yeah we're, we're talking about fucking blade right <laughs> <laughs> if you can't keep up with the plot of blade then you probably should stop watching movies. Yeah, and this is 2002, so you can't say like that they're like some idiot on their phone not paying attention to the movie. Yeah, that really didn't happen. Then. Unless this you were fucking around in your guy... Nokia texting in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> With your... playing, playing Snake while trying to <laughs> I'm already like I'm already pretty deep into into Minesweeper. Wait, what happened? <laughs> well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. That like... doesn't make any sense. The one guy died, so it shouldn't have worked. Yeah, it should have. It, it does work because his blood's already been trained. All they needed the, was the blood of all those guys. So, when he says, like, he defeated the blood god too easy. So, I like how John's over here, Christopher, walking in this hand. I'm like, like a motherfucker, dude. Right. He's like, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. So, if you I paid see- attention to the movie, you know that Karen, she's a hematologist, right? Like, we've mm-hmm. already established that. And so she works with blood. In case you don't know what he, what hematology is, is basically the science of blood work. Yes. So basically, throughout the course of the movie, as Whistler and Blade find out what her skills are, you know, she mentions that you could use coagulants against these guys, and it would have an effect on them. So right. you've already seen, if you've been watching the movie, before you get to Frost versus Blade, I just want to say real quick. He said hematologist, hematologist, not homotologist. Yeah, which is is the study of this guy that wrote this article. (laughs) Homotology. Uh, (laughs) It's the study of homogenized milk, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, What were you guys thinking? What were you thinking? Uh, Get your mind out of the gutter. (laughs) Um, But. so you already know that if he has these like these are like syringes and they can like they have a severe reaction to vampire blood because Karen's kind of engineered this with Whistler that it has like an immediate coagulation effect and basically what it does is it blows you up like a circus balloon and then makes you go bye-bye because you explode all over the wall. Like those two badasses, the the guy and the girl that he fights in the hallway when he's coming in. Yeah. Uh, to first uh, fight when, for all. When he first gets into uh, the, the, the temple. Yeah. And the Lamagra's temple. There's two people. The guy and the girl specifically are like badass fighters, and he's having to fight them for a minute. Then he hits them. Yeah. With those things. The and syringes. And Frost thinks 
that that's his serum. Yeah, and he was like, uh, I forgot exactly what the quote was, but he was like, ah, the infamous serum. Not yeah. so good without this now, are you, Blade? He throws yeah, it over. He, he throws it. And he's like, once you try some. Yeah. Hey, he tries to trick him real quick, and he's like, nah, I prefer the real thing. I prefer the real thing, and then he throws thro- it off, and it sticks in the cliff or whatever. Yeah, it sticks in between the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, like, later on, when he's fighting Frost, and he was like, go ahead and get the serum. Like, it's not going to help you. Yeah. You know, and he's like, <laughs> and he doesn't. Shot. Right, yeah. <laughs> And then some of that Brooklyn comes out and Stephen yeah, Moore, right. nice shot. <laughs> yeah, but the whole thing is that like he, the reason that he's defeated is because he's basically he's basically Lamagra at that point. Like he even his eyes have changed. He's full and, blood. Yeah, he's full blooded at that point. He's basically like joined himself with Lamagra. And so that's why even when Blade, like, cuts him in half and, like, his body, like, splits open and Blade's like, okay, that's the end of Frost. And he's like, Yeah, he thinks he just beat him, like, in, like, two seconds. And then he just, his blood, the blood just, like, reforms back together. My turn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And especially, like, when he does the thing with his hands, he's like, you're already too late. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Like, you get to see a lot of, like, that whole battle... And, and even, like, before you even get to Frost versus Blade, he, after he, like, drinks from Karen and basically gets, like, a whole heap and helping of her blood, like, she's actually pretty well drained after that. That scene is almost like a sex scene. That's almost, like, that's as close, that's like vampire porn. Yeah, because she's, like, moaning like a mofo. Yeah. And it's pretty sexy. And you, and you know, part of Wesley was like, you know what, this, I'm actually enjoying this, this is kind <laughs> this of a is fetish. This awesome. <laughs> This is kind of a fetish. <laughs> Afterwards, he's talking to Stephen Norrington like, hey, you know, did, did you have like a movie you took that from? Because that was kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nah, just, we just, this is how it was written. Goyer wrote that. I'm going to go talk to David. I'm going to see if he's seen some porn that was like that. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I actually, I saw a movie that was like a porn parody and they did something like that. What movie was that, Goyer? <laughs> I need to. I need to know. I need to know where that came from. Why? You want to watch that movie? Very much so. <laughs> and this is the story. That's why Wesley Snipes forgot to pay the IRS. He was so obsessed with watching, finding out the source of that. Yeah. He forgot to pay his taxes. He forgot to pay his taxes, and he spent like three years in jail. It sucks. But you know, hey, you know, sometimes. When you get into like weird porn, you know, like sometimes people are just into like weird furry porn and they, they forget to show up to work. We got your back, Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're having some uh, some uh, vampire inspired jack sessions on us, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the whole thing about like can Sunblock protect uh, Frost Eyes? Like, your eyes aren't even made up of the same shit as your skin, right? Why does that matter? Why Why does any of that <laughs> really matter? Come no. on. What, does Sunblock protect your eyes? I, I, I don't know. Is, put some it, shit on, put some of that on your eyes and see can, what it does. Can, if you're not there, can you hear a bear shit in the wood? Who, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bears shit in the woods all the time, whether you're there to hear it or not. You know. Yeah, so I, I don't care. Right. These are these are details that don't matter. These are just people nitpicking and being a bunch of punk bitches. Right. A bunch of haters. And this is the thing, like we say this all the time. People always want to talk about there's plot holes and there's issues, 
And they're not even issues because if you watch the whole movie and you've been paying attention, you'll notice things that pop up. Because some people would probably be like, oh, what's with that dude in the bottom of Lamagra's temple? It's like, that's Curtis. That's the dude that Quinn bit when he woke up and he's like all burned and shit on the on the table. They're getting ready to do like basically an autopsy on him. That's why they're cutting him open. He wakes up, he grabs Curtis, bites the shit out of him, and leaves him there. And then eventually they go back and find that guy, and then he winds up in the in the, the Temple of Erebus, and or the Temple of Lamagra, basically. And like but if if you weren't paying attention, you'd have no clue who that dude's supposed to be. It's obviously Curtis because of the way that Karen reacts to him. Exactly. You motherfuckers drive me to drinking. Right. <laughs> yep. And I, I think what happens is, is that some people tune out and don't pay attention to the fucking movie. No, what they are is they're just sitting there waiting for their moment, waiting for their moment to complain. Yeah. And then as soon as they see it, they go and write it. Right. Instead of waiting. I, don't, I really don't know how these people would ever get through Inception. Right, yeah. Because you can't watch, going back to Inception, you can't watch that movie... If you either don't have patience or you're stupid. Because you'll have no clue what's going on at the end of that movie. No. If you stop and ask somebody a question what's going on, you've already missed it. The prestige is just like that. <laughs> yeah. If you're not paying attention to prestige the entire time, you are going to miss tons of shit. Which brother died? Tune in next time to when we have to tell you. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're going to give the ending away. Uh... No, if you pay attention, you know. Mm-hmm. There's one that knows what knot was tied, and there's another that doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're not here to hold your hand. Yeah, You know, the, the, our whole mission here is to prove that the things that people say they hate about a movie isn't bad. That those aren't things that you can hate because they're stupid things that these people hate, you know. Yeah, so let's get to one more of these stupid things. So there's one more that I found, and this one <laughs> this one was a 2 out of 10, and this says, a horrible movie, and this was written by Homer Simpson. <laughs> Do you think that that's what Lindsay Lohan is now, a 2 out of 10? A 2 out of 10? She used to be maybe an 8 out of 10. She was pretty hot, yeah, back in the day. We, we missed the old Lindsay We missed the old Lindsay Lohan. Don't come, give us the drug Lindsay Lohan. Come back, Lindsay. Yeah. Come back. You know, <laughs> like, you used to be an easy A, and now you're not. Cause you could have no, played an easy A. Yeah. But you, Emma Stone had to take that shit. Yeah. So she's taken over. She's, she's Do our, something, Lindsay. Do something. She's America's sweetheart now. You, you, yeah. you lost. You fucked up. Yeah. After Harvey the Love Bug, it's just, your whole career just went shit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had a bunch of American sweethearts. John Cusack. Then you, then Emma Stone. Right. It, Cusack was the beginning of all of that. He was in all of our hearts. Yeah, you know? all of our hearts. Right. We love you, John Cusack. We'll do a movie about you one, probably, maybe Con Air? Con Air? Uh, maybe. There's a lot of people that hate Con Air. So that, is that's, there a lot of people that hate Con Air? From what I know, yeah, there is oh, a lot of hate for Con Air. people. Yeah. <laughs> that's the title on the show. Just fuck people. People are fucking annoying. <laughs> Um, because of your stupid opinions. Uh, but why you have those? Because <laughs> they're wrong. Uh, but this one was uh, written in November of two thousand one, 
And uh, it says, uh, I can't believe how many people liked this movie. If I, I were if I were to compose a list of the worst movies of the 1990s, no, don't this would surely go straight to the top. Or is it the bottom? <sighs> I tend to enjoy <laughs> vampire stories, but this is the worst one I've seen. The bad guys are overdone and the plot is lame. The movie bored me so much that it felt uh, a lot longer than it was. And it was over long at two hours as it is. One particularly stupid moment in this movie is when the female lead is placed into a dungeon-like room and she faces some sort of horrible monster thing that used to be a friend of hers. Uh, <laughs> we just explained this. Yeah, who sort of hinted at having a crush on her before he was killed. No, they had a relationship. They dated and they broke up. They dated and broke up and they just happened to work at the same hospital because apparently it's like Grey's Anatomy. They just all date within each other. They all fuck around. <laughs> they all fuck around inside the same hospital. And, you know, she was like, you know, is this some, like, pathetic excuse to be, like, to get, like, to talk to me again? And he was like, no, seriously, like, you, you know, like, he's looking at Quinn's blood and, like, this is shit is not normal. You know, and so he takes it to her because she's the hematologist and she can analyze it. Because she would know what it means better than he does because he's just... Well, he's just a surgeon, right? Yeah, you just know. a surgeon. Right, yeah. This no loser. Uh, <laughs> who sort of hinted at having a crush on her before he was killed. Why uh, he was a horrible monster thing is left unexplained. Or if it wasn't, I missed something. You yeah. did miss something. He explains that why he's walking her to there. And he says, sometimes they don't turn right. Yeah. And they turn into these zombie-like things. Yeah, they, they, they become like this kind of weird in-between creature so, where you're yes, not human. Guy, you missed something. You missed literally him, as he walked her there, tell her exactly what he was. Right. Exactly. And then he says, <laughs> and his presence is pointless anyway. And it's like, no, he's not pointless because he explains to you that, like, these don't always turn out like Deacon. Like, Deacon converted to a vampire perfectly. And he was just as ruthless as a vampire as I would assume he was as a human. Now even more so because now he has like powers and he's even harder to kill now. Yeah, um, and the thing about Deacon, if you don't understand it already, um, the reason that he's on the table is not only because he owns clubs. He was a, a person that was converted into a vampire, but the reason he has a seat at the table is because he's actually a half-blood that's just as powerful as full-blooded vampires. Yeah. That's why he's something to mess with. Yeah. Because he ha he's just as powerful, if not more powerful than them. And uh, he has a huge following because he's turned probably more people than anybody. Mm -hmm. And the clubs make him really popular amongst the vampires because a lot of the people that he has around him are very young people that were converted. They're not older people, because when you look at, like, the House of Erebus, like, the, the elders, you know, they're all, like, younger, they're all older people, and then Deacon is, like, younger than any of them, and then the people in his clubs, and, like, Quinn, and Mercury, which is, like, his girl, and all these other people that he has, they're all younger people, so he has a lot of people that like him in that vampire underground, and they feel threatened because they're like, look at how young he is. Look at how powerful he is. He has a lot of influence. And he actually can get the vampires to do stuff that we haven't been able to do. And so they feel threatened by him because of what he's been able to do. And he's not even a pureblood. 
And so that scene where Curtis is like, you know, some, you know, sometimes these things, you know, sometimes people don't completely change over and they don't take to it as well and they don't totally convert. It makes you feel like, well, shit, Deacon has had no problem because Frost, as soon as he got turned, he turned into one of the most powerful ones and he's only half blooded. Yes. So, and also. I mean, the fact that uh, a half-blood can summon Lamagra, join himself with Lamagra, and become the blood god, that's pretty impressive for somebody who's not even a pure-blood, you know? The guy is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it says, and his uh, presence is pointless anyway. I guess we were expected to care about a character who previously had 30 seconds of screen time. Don't waste your time watching this movie. So he's basically shitting on this movie because he didn't like the scene with Curtis because he thought it didn't make any sense. Wow, that's <laughs> Curtis is not the main point of this movie. Yeah, Who's the Curtis main point of this? Is mo- not the main character. Who's the main character of this movie? It is Blade. It's Blade. It's Wesley Snipes, and then you know, Whistler and Nabuche Wright's character Karen. Like those are kind of like the main trio that sort of carries the story along. And then your main villain, of course, is Frost. And then, to a lesser degree, Quinn. And then you have some other vampire people that work for Frost that are... Quinn dies like a bitch because he's like, you know, I got him. He runs to him. He just chops his fucking head off. I wonder which hand I'm going to use to kill you with, Blade. And then he just grabs the... He just has like that... It's like that silver garrot wire. and just like, just cuts his head off. (laughs) Just cuts his head off. Something he could have done the whole movie, but he's like, I'm, I'm fucking over this. Yeah, because uh, he's like, I don't need you anymore to get to Frost because I'm here at Frost. I'm yeah, dealing you, with Frost right now. You just because I've let you live this whole time, I'm going to let you live now. Yeah, it's like, no, nah, I'm going to kill you and then I'm going to go after your boss because I'm sick of all this shit. <laughs> yes. Because if we've learned anything is that some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And that... <laughs> Is where we can end this. Right. <laughs> because that's one of the greatest quotes yeah. in comic book movie history. So this has been Beyond the Hate. Yep. And remember, love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like us! <laughs> like us! Peace. Two new hands, Blade. I don't know which one to use to kill you with. There it is. Yep. <laughs> also, he got his shades back. Yeah, he did. That was an important thing. He had to get those fucking shades back. Yep. Give me a second for now. Right. <laughs> Snap the gas net. <laughs> <laughs>